This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. And to pull a phrase from our realtor friends, let's talk location. It's an interesting topic because of the post-COVID work remote thing that's going on in the corporate environment today. It's going to be interesting to dive into this and... My thoughts will come out, but... Your thoughts always come out. I know, but I have lots of different directions in my brain. If you could see my brain right now... Let's start with the one you just brought up. This is probably one of the top questions that receive working with agents that are setting up new agencies is, can I work from home? Yeah, we've documented this and we continue to stay down this path of the answer is ultimately yes, is about validity, professionalism, and carrier appointments. And all the carriers, for many reasons that are super valid, continue to want to work with agents who have invested in some level of office space or professional space. It's one of those things that they want you to have some skin in the game. They want to see that you're not just moonlighting. That is a reality of it. If you moonlight, Are you really all the way in? Are you fully investing in becoming a full-time business owner? The carriers, in their defense, they've got a decade or more of experience watching some of this happen where agents really tried to start agencies on the side. Having an agency as an independent agency as a side hustle, that's not good for carriers. That's not a good thing for carriers. I'm not even sure that's good for the agent. But an independent agency that has carrier appointments, even if it's part of an agency network, that's a side hustle. It kind of taints it for the rest of us. And I love the ability to have work from home staff. I love the ability for the agency owner to have flexibility, but that professional space to meet with your vendor carrier reps is really important. It's also not that this is a big deal. It depends on where you are, suburban, metro, rural, small town, somewhere in between. What does the office space tell the world? I still think that's a thing out there. Basically, what you're telling me is I don't need office space for my clients. I need office space for my carriers. Yes. In a nutshell, that's exactly what I'm telling you. And again, it depends on geography. I need to have an office for our organization because we're Main Street in a small town. That's necessity. We couldn't work 100% remote in rural East Texas and do as well as we do by having office spaces. We still have branch offices. We still have storefronts. And we have two of our three storefronts on Main Street, literally Main Street. That's what it's called. And then we have another one, the third one, that's on a main thoroughfare. When you think about our area, that's necessary. On the flip side of that, we have many partner agents in our agency network who spend about 80% of their time probably from home. They have some level of office space for meetings. We have some that are in professional space. Most are non-storefront all the way around, unless they're also in a small community. Your metro suburban agents, it's just become an unnecessary thing with technology and the way personal lines and we're very personal lines driven. Even commercial, our commercial producers spend the majority of their time with the business out in the field. They That business 
business doesn't come to our office. It's just the nature of commercial insurance. What are your thoughts on co-working space? Is that having an office? It depends. Who are you sharing the space with? If you're sharing the space with a realtor or you're doing something with a maybe a center of influence referral source, I would not think co-working with a captive agent, if you're an independent agent, is a great idea. I don't love that. I don't love the idea of co-working with being the same agency with another agent. I just feel like you're setting up some things for some failure, potentially. But again, I'm a little old school there and, and I may be missing something. So I'm open to hear about where that might work. Most co-working spaces, you don't really have any control over who else is in your space. Most co-working space, you're there and whoever else has a subscription to be in that office space is there. So for me, I love the vibe of a co-working space as long as there's quiet spaces you can go into when you really need it. I would love to know what our carriers are thinking about co-working spaces because we've had more and more agents ask about that. That's a little different. In my brain, when I went to co-working, I went to sharing space. You and one or two other people literally lease space together. That's different to me than the co-working subscription. That I agree with. I like that because there is common space. It gives you the vibe of the good parts of the office. You don't work with these people, but they're in the same space as you and around and you see them in commons area. You might even develop business relationships with them where you bounce things off of each other. I love where co-working space has moved to the we works of the world. I love that environment. Just like you say, because of the vibe, because of what you can gain out of that. And the networking opportunities to me are absolutely incredible with a co-working space. They're automatically there. You don't have to go to the, quote, office every day. You don't have to do the commute unless you need to go there to meet someone. I haven't found any carriers that have trouble with that. I know a lot of carrier reps will meet their agents for coffee in those situations or they will come by the office. It's really more around just the investment of having skin in the game. Like where's your place of business? If your place of business pulls up your residence, that's a red flag. And I don't know if it'll be a red flag forever, but it's a red flag today and it's been a red flag for a while. One of the things that when people come on board with us at Integra as a partner agent, we do look at the space that they choose. And it's not necessarily because we're being judgmental, but we're wanting to help our partners in making sure that the location they choose gives the vibe they want. And I remember that when I was first learning about our business, one of the things that I was told was make sure that we do a Google search so they're not next to the laundromat the liquor store, or the dry cleaners. Yeah, maybe that is a little judgmental, but there's reasons for that. There tends to be this new world today. We heard here in our community, we're in a, a rural area in East Texas. There's a big, large lake next to us, and there's a new luxury RV resort coming in to our area, supposedly, over the next year. Maybe everybody can put the word luxury in front of it and make it okay these days, like a luxury liquor store or a luxury laundromat. But historically, 
those retail spaces do not drive clientele that is going to fit the standard preferred market. And unless you're going to be a non-standard specialty auto agency, which is fine, but I'm an advocate that you can't do both things. You can't be a non-standard specialty auto agency and simultaneously be a standard preferred personal lines agency. Those things just oil and water. Those things don't work. Processes are different. Clientele is completely different. When you think about those locations, the reason, the why behind checking that out and double checking the actual visual on the office space is to make sure that if an agent's going to lease in a strip center, that it doesn't have that buy. The big national brands, they don't want to be there. They're going to protect their brands. And remember, as an independent agency, your brand is something you're representing them and you're an extension of their brand on an indirect basis in their minds. And so if your brand is consistent with that type of environment and vibe, they're not going to love that. And it may cost you an appointment or two. You may not get an appointment because of your physical location if you're not careful. Do I need a storefront or will office space work for me? How do I make that decision? This is a marketplace by marketplace geographic decision. It depends on how are you generating business. If you're in a smaller community, and I don't really know how to tell you what that size level is, but if you're in a smaller rural market, you know it, you understand this, you probably need a little visibility, so you probably need some level of a storefront in some way or another. If you are hidden in professional space, and your only visibility is the little placard on the wall when you walk into the common area, then in a smaller community, smaller environment, that may not serve you very well. If you're in a metro suburban area, it may serve you just fine. This also comes down to how are you generating leads, referrals, how are you generating business? Smaller community agencies, the fact of the matter is that their sign and their building is basically a fixed billboard, depending on the thoroughfare you're, you're on, the main street or whatever, wherever you're located. Our signage, our buildings in East Texas are basically billboards. They're not physical billboards, but they act like that. People drive by them every day. We are top of mind. We are there in their line of sight. That's not the case in suburban metro areas. That's just not the same thing. The space is too expensive. I'm not a big advocate of storefronts in larger metro areas because it's just too crowded. You need a different way to do that. Let's shift the idea of location to events. I see this at a lot of events that I attend. For instance, a home expo. I see agents that are set up for this three-day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday event, and XYZ insurance agency, or you're at an ag expo, an agriculture expo, and XYZ insurance agency is there. What are your thoughts on the spend at a location like that? Full disclosure, we've built our community relations on sponsoring events. So I love event involvement. The question is to be specific about things like boat shows, home expos, things that you're talking about here. It can be fine. 
I don't know that I would expect a direct return on the money you spend and the time you spend to go do that one time. It's like advertising. You need to be consistent. Where that could be really beneficial is if you use that event, that expo, to coordinate referral opportunities with other exhibitors and event participants. If you're there thinking that this is about getting consumers to the insurance booth when they're at the boat show, that's really risky and you're going to be a little bit let down. Because if I'm going to a boat show and I ask the non-insurance guy, what's cooler and more exciting for you to go look at these awesome new boats that are on the floor or to go talk to the insurance agent who specializes in boating? What gets you excited to go to the boat show? 100 times out of 100, it's going to not be the insurance guy. It's going to be the boat people. However, if you as the insurance agent can turn and generate referral opportunities from the boat dealers that are there or the other vendors that are there, then you're probably going to win the day. One of the reasons that I wanted to bring this up is we did go to a ton of boat shows in the last 18 months. And we go to little expos and little things like that all the time. And the people at the insurance booths, I'm trying to think if there is an exception to this over the last two years, and I can't think of an exception. The people sitting in the insurance booths are sitting down for one thing. They're on their phones and they're not looking up and engaging with customers at all whatsoever. Anyone walking by their booth, there's no interaction. I can remember stopping and talking to people sitting in the insurance booths at some of these events just because I want to see what's going on and what's so important on their phone. But they're like, yeah, it's Florida. We really can't do anything anyway, but we're here. It made no sense to me that agency owners are investing a gazillion dollars in these booth setups, plus they're paying rental, plus they're paying people to sit in their booth on their phones. I can assure you that as a consumer, the last person that I'm going to call to get insurance on whatever I'm buying is the person that is so uninterested and uninvolved with me as I walk by because they're engrossed on their phones. This is why local independent agencies can win. What you're describing to me is probably an environment that some person, marketer, whatever, is charged with going and being a presence at this event. That's what I don't advocate. If you are sending someone and the whole point is you have to do this thing as an agency owner because you're a specialist in this area or you generate leads out of this area, you don't understand that you're actually doing more damage to yourself and your brand by participating on a just showing up basis. If you're not there and networking and being vibrant and being who you are, and you decide to outsource this to either an underling. And the thing is, you don't know what they're doing and it's out of sight, out of mind, and you're hurting your brand. But if you are committed with the money, and again, the size of your agency matters here, then you probably ought to be committed to the time. And if there's an opportunity to generate referral networks out of this, like I said before, there could be a huge win because if somebody else shows up and they send the outsourced crew over to do this thing, then you're going to be different. 
Now let's talk about the idea of sending underlings to <laughs> events. And I cannot believe that you use That's that probably word. not but, politically correct in today's I, I would think that it is not. But here's the thing is as a agency owner, you are probably a rainmaker. That's how you got into this position. If you're thinking I'm going to send my CSR or I'm going to send my accounting person to go to this event. And the reason I bring this up is that we have an annual conference for our partner agent network. And you started sending employees from different parts of our agency to this conference so they could have this experience. And some of them are petrified. They're huddling in the corner, petrified that someone's going to talk to them. And it's like there's this fear. It's the same fear that when it comes time to have our agent council meeting with you and they're shaking in the hallway because they're going to have to go in and spend this hour with you, which makes no sense because we all know that you're a great guy and you're fantastic to work with. But for some reason, some people's personalities just don't like that social thing, especially with strangers. And if you decide to do events like this, make sure the person you're sending to represent your business is good at this. Yes. And to speak to that, yes, I've done that to some people in our organization that have roles that are back office, behind the scene roles intentionally. Our staff council goes to conference every year. We're in our starting our third year of a staff council. And the staff council consists of accounting and support and different people that interact. They interact with people via email, via phone, but they don't interact with a lot of our agency network partners face-to-face. -face. Number one, I want them to grow as a person. I want them to get out of their shell. And if you want to do that for one of your employees or multiple employees, then take them with you and be an example. Help them. But don't send them because you've got something to do and they're available and they're going to say, yes, I'll go because they don't want to let their boss down, but they really aren't going to be the best person to represent your brand in that setting. And it circles back around to what is the purpose of you spending money on this event in the first place? You don't have to do it. And a lot of times we as agency owners spend money on things because we think that we should spend money on things or we think we should have a presence there, but we're really not fully invested in it. And the better answer would have been just to have said no and not spent the money at all. Let's move back to the idea of physical location. At what point do I need to branch out and have a second and third location? This one is definitely stop and think, pause before you do this. We're going to talk first and foremost from a personal lines startup agency standpoint. If you decide you need to put a presence in a neighboring town or open up an office somewhere else, make sure that you can do that without blinking an eye from spend. Here's what happens. And look, I'm guilty of it. I'm going to speak from guilt and from bad decisions over the years and from experience. We as salespeople tend to overlook the true cost 
of doing something like that, of opening up a second or third office. I love the banking industry's way of doing this. It's called an LPO, a loan production office. They'll go rent a very small space. They'll put a loan officer in that space. That loan officer is a salesy type person and their job is to run out and generate loans. And they build up this loan portfolio in that community before they open up their full-size branch. Because opening up a full-size bank branch is really expensive. I love that approach, but I also want to make sure before you even do that, that your profitability in location number one is so strong that you can do that without changing your lifestyle, without the risk of having to lay off employees, without going in debt. Don't go borrow money to do this. And I don't think we stay where we are and work on our stuff long enough. We decide we've got to go do this before we're ready. That's a big thing. We do that. Sales and marketing people, which is what most of us are, we tend to overlook the cost and not look at where we are. And we tend to look at the optimistic lens and that's me. I'm the attitude is a choice guy. I'm going to look at the positive on all these things. The reality of it is you may not be financially ready to do that. The other thing is if you're focused personal lines, do you have to do that now? Is that where the marketplace is? Can you conduct business in other areas without going there physically with a storefront or an office space of any kind? Maybe. You can probably do that longer than you used to could. Used to, you had to put an office. You had to buy somebody. There's less of that pressure today because of the post-COVID electronic means of doing business. You don't see your customers most of the time anyway. So what's the difference if they're in your same town or in a neighboring town? Does it matter? Those are just questions that you should wrestle with and, and you need to make sure that the financial picture is right before you take that leap. Do you think location matters now the same way location mattered 20 years ago? I do not think it matters as it used to matter. I do think that depending on the environment, there's this reality of metro suburban versus rural micropolitan. Those areas, which happen to be where we're physically located, is a micropolitan area and slash rural. Those areas are different and location matters there. If you're in that type of an area and you want to go to the next largest town over, then you probably need to do the bank LPO thing. You need a sales office over there and you need that sales office agent to be very community relations driven because you're going to have a hard time getting people to do business with you, quote, across the river, so to speak. Where we're at, two of the larger Deep East Texas communities are literally separated by the Angelina River. We have Nacogdoches County people and Angelina County people. They don't mix well. And if you're going to try to do business from Angelina County into Nacogdoches County, you're going to struggle. But if you put an office in Nacogdoches County and you're fortunate enough to find a Nacogdochian to be in your sales office and be the community relations, you probably will do just fine. But to sit over in Angelina County and think you're going to pick business across the river or vice versa, probably not going to work very well for you. That still exists today. Call it what you want to call it, but it's just the brutal facts. And part of being good to great is confronting the brutal facts. And so know your area and know your situation. 
And when it comes to location, keep in mind that you're probably trying to attract your people. Ultimately, most of us want to sell to ourselves. There are some people that don't. You may be trying to build a non-standard auto business that's different, but most of us want a standard preferred business and we're wanting to sell to ourselves. And so many times I see people select location that make absolutely no sense with who they're trying to sell to. If you're trying to sell extremely high-end business in a very high-end area, don't put a retail location next to the laundromat. People are not going to come and do business with you there. It's not demonstrating the authenticity of who you are, or maybe it is. But keep in mind when choosing a location and you want a retail storefront, make sure that your retail storefront matches the customer that you are trying to engage with. I love that. I'm going to pick on high net worth for a minute. Agents saying I'm going to get into the high net worth business. You got to live that world. Okay. Those people do not buy from regular people. I don't know any other way to say that. You got to live in that world. You've got to office. You've got to have the furniture. You've got to invest and spend money building a image that speaks to the affluent. And what I see a lot of times is agents saying, I'm going to get into the high net worth business. And look, this isn't me being tacky or ugly. It's just the fact. I'm not going to do that. Let me just pick on myself instead of picking on others because that's easier. Oh, why are we being professional today? Just go for it. Because Shane. that's necessary. I wear jeans and boots. The way I dress, if I try to sell high net worth in Dallas or Houston, I'm still in Texas, but I'm not connecting and I'm not going to connect. And honestly, I don't want to connect. So for me to say I'm going to be in that business, that's silly. If you're going to be in that business, you got to be in that environment. You've got to play in that environment. And that is the thing that we should be brutally honest with ourselves about. If we're selling to ourselves, like you say, which I love that analogy, are we high net worth? And that doesn't mean that all high net worth agents have to be high net worth individuals. It just means you have to be at some level and you have to be in that circle and you have to be able to get into those circles. And you don't just say, I'm going to get in the circle. It's just the nature of the world. And so that's really important that we be honest with ourselves about our location, about how we're marketing ourselves, the type of business we're going after. It's not any different than the non-standard versus standard and preferred. And look, standard and preferred is not high net worth, two totally different things. I know a lot of really successful non-standard agency owners who are borderline high net worth individuals. They're very successful business people, but that doesn't change the fact that they run non-standard agencies. Just understanding that is really important before you go pick your location. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Arthur Ashe. I have always tried to be true to myself to pick those battles I felt were important. My ultimate responsibility is to myself and I can never be anything else. Attitude to choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.